0: As parents, we are always wondering what that sneeze or cough is with our child. We also feel vulnerable and insecure when having to ask the proper questions when we seek medical care. Parenting is tough. But what my guest today, Serena Lee, has done is created an app that enables parents to understand, manage, and predict their child's health. Sleuth is the first platform to combine crowdsourced health stories with AI to give parents comprehensive, evidence-backed information about their kids' health and development that can be taken to a pediatrician so you can feel prepared to ask the right questions. You're listening to We We Need to Talk. Serene, thank you so much for joining me on We Need to Talk today. I'm very excited to chat with you. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Of course. So your story is really interesting. And and I wanted to have more people on the show that are really in the healthcare space. And, you know, I, I think it's no secret that specifically in this country, um, healthcare is, our healthcare system is not the greatest. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very, <laughs> I know, we're gonna have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Um, it is not where it should be. And it's that's not to say that that people that are medical professionals aren't great. They're incredible medical professionals. It's just the system as a whole in terms of getting care, proper diagnoses, making sure that you're listening to people about their bodies, what they're feeling and giving them the right test, but even more so being a parent, which is what we're going to get into. It's made it very difficult because I know as a parent now, I'm a mom of a three and a half year old, I'll ask questions about everything. And I mean, and my mom was like that too. I mean, she would take me in. I felt like for the doctor for a paper cut and I was like, I'm fine. But I loved that about her. And so she's really instilled the ask questions, don't be afraid you know, just if you feel something's wrong, go forward. So your story really stemmed from your own personal experience as a mother and how you came to start this health startup that we're going to talk about. But I'd love to just hear a little bit of your story and how you got into this space and what happened in your personal life as a mom that made you want to start this health startup sleuth in order to help parents with diagnosing their kids and having more information when they go to their pediatrician and then go to the doctor, because I think this is a really, really great thing that you've done.
1: Thank you. Um, I joke that I often did not, I did not mean to start this company. I had worked for several startups before. I'm like, you know, it's hard. It's hard. I had a front row seat into how hard it was. And so when you said the word "want" to start the startup, it's kind of more like, I feel like it it literally dropped on my lap. So my, I have two daughters, nine and six, when my younger one was about a year old, there was just some things that weren't clicking. And um, we had a, a, I totally agree with you, by the way, about the system. The system hurts everybody, um, including physicians. Um, But the pediatrician I went to was a little bit more hands-off, which I can totally appreciate in a very intense parenting culture. And I just wasn't getting answers. And so um, after like talking to some parents, I realized, Actually, I should really push. And so what happened when I ended up pushing was like an answer that I didn't think I would get. Um, and then people still couldn't help me. Like I had I to get early intervention. I had to figure out how to get the right types of therapists. And so I had to quit my job, which was a huge mm-hmm. financial hit. Uh, but also we were in the position where I could do that. And I ended up meeting my co-founder, Alex Leeds, at a startup generator program. Because I was like, there is a, a, there's a problem, but the other side of the problem is that there's an opportunity. And that opportunity is how do you get better information in the hands of parents who would do anything for their kids, like you're saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that because I mean, so many of the things that I enjoy and so many of the things that I've discovered come from personal stories where people found that there was a problem and nobody else was coming up with the solution. So you just had to be proactive and do it. And again, like you said, I didn't mean to start this company, but sometimes you're the person that needs to do it in order to give people the thing that they need. And I think when it comes to, you know, healthcare with your kids, you can Google into your blue in the face, but there's so much conflicting information. And one of the things that I really like about the app is that you're able to talk to other parents and like discuss and share observations because I think that's one of the blessings of social media is that you can actually see common ground and you can see how, um, you know, similar your your responses are. Like, I love seeing all the memes about toddler parents because I'm like, yep, went through that last week, you know, so it makes you feel a little less alone. So for the people that have been using the app, what has your feedback been like? Do they feel a little bit more comforted? Do they feel yes. like they're getting answers easier? I would just love to know what the response has been because yeah. I really think that it's great.
1: The response has been pretty strong and we, we're we new to the market. Um, and I overwhelmingly hear, it makes me feel less alone. So let's mm. take like the specific scenario of a parent who thinks their child might be the only one that's not sitting still in class. The only kid who kind of talks a lot and doesn't take social cues to stop talking, that can feel very isolating as a parent. And so one of the things that we have is a quiz, so like a 23 question quiz on ADHD. Um, And you really get to understand your child with data. That's super important and the data aspect. But what ends up happening is like, when you look at the data, you realize, oh my gosh, there's so many other kids like my kid, right? And then what ends up happening is you wonder Am I going to guess
0: what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like
1: if it's not me and my child, that's the problem. What's the problem, right? right. And part of the problem is not being heard. Um, yes. And so the other thing that we've heard is that people are starting to take it to their pediatricians, which is what we had hoped people would do, right? They can mm. advocate and they can say, actually, I really do need an answer sooner. When I talk to speech therapists or other experts and pediatricians, they wish that parents came and asked more questions, actually. And so we hope that we can play a role in helping them get to the care that they need quickly.
0: Yeah. That's it's interesting that you that you bring up the gaslit thing because I know I'm my my I've come from a family of educators and uh, my mom was a very empathetic caring teacher, my sister's a very empathetic caring teacher, but they have all had experiences with other educators where they make the parents feel like. Oh, your, you know, your child's has is a problem, child, or this or that. But little did they know, they probably just needed to be diagnosed with either ADHD or anxiety or whatever the situation may be. So I, I feel like as a parent, there's a lot of fear in trying to figure out what's wrong with your child because you also don't want to feel guilty, like, oh, how did I miss this? Or um. You know, did I do something wrong to make them have this diagnosis or whatever the case may be? So that's why I love that within this app and this community almost that you've built, I feel like it is kind of also a community yeah. as well. Yeah, sure. Um, people feel a little comforted knowing that no, just you know, kids are kids and this is what happens and yeah. it's nothing that you're doing wrong. Um, and honestly, the fact that you're even seeking answers is good yeah. parenting because so many exactly. people just you know what I mean? So many people may just be like, oh, it's this, it's this or whatever. And I, you know, I come from a school, for example, that's very religious. So, you know, pray, they'll just pray. It'll be fine. I'm like, no, you know, if something's wrong, something's wrong. So I really love that aspect of it as well.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, we want to be a place where any parent can get answers instead of going down the Google hole. Right. Yeah. And what's really fun is when we talk to parents, they actually really understand why advice from other parents is good. And we've cleaned it up a lot. So what we've done is we've crowdsourced 62,000 caregiver experiences. And, and that's what powers our database. And once you have that much information, um, and you structure it and you do the right data science on it, it's actually really accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of cool, right? It's like inherently better than Facebook, because like, there's just a lot of noise. But it's also for filling the gap that we felt parents had when it came to just like knowing how your kid is doing at any point in time. And when you know how your child is doing in regular touch points, then it's much easier for you to know when they need extra support, right? Yeah. So absolutely. if you, right, like if you th- if you have data about your own child milestones and developmental milestones instead of what I felt as a parent which is just kind of like murky like okay, like kids who walk early, talk late, like it's kind of like weird. Generally you're like, is that true? Where did that come from? How did I record yeah. this? Right. Um, and then some of the trackers, they fall off after 18 months. Right. And yet when we look at our data, let's say just, and I'm I ending mean ADHD a lot, but just an example, a lot of the first symptoms um, that parents saw of ADHD in their kids happened at the age of five, but they were diagnosed much later. Right, And so, like, why are we stopping this kind of evidence-based observation of our kids when actually it will just help us and them have more peace of mind yeah. through all yeah. seven, you know, their entire childhood? And then you could, like, yeah. I don't know if you go to doctors and you get this, but I get a lot of, like, what happened when your child was born? And then my, my, my younger daughter is not so I might get it more. It's like, well, what were those first days like? And what were the first years? And I'm like, uh... Am I going to be answering these questions for the rest of her life? Probably. (laughs) Yeah. But like, where do you collect
0: it? Right. Right. You know, I'm also curious just in general, what your experience as a woman of color, as a mom of color has been dealing with the American healthcare system, because I mean, I can definitely speak on it. And to the point where I drive almost an hour to go to my doctor and my OBGYN because I wanted to find a woman of color so that I felt safe and taken care of and listened to. Um, And same with my daughter's pediatrician. So I'm just curious what your personal experience has been like.
1: It has been complex. You know, I'm South Asian. There's a lot of South Asian doctors. Um, And that can go either way, frankly. It's not a guarantee. There's a lot of times where I have to, like, fuck up, wear the nice clothes, even for South Asian doctors. Um, I remember, I I always tell the story because for me, it's very stark. Um, When my daughter was hospitalized, her neurosurgeon would come in every morning. He was a superstar neurosurgeon, um, one of the best in the world. And so it kind of felt like I was seeing a celebrity. So you kind of had to make the most of the time. And I had a lot of Mm -hmm. questions. Like I learned to ask questions when I became a mother. I did not I was not a good self-advocate, but once I had children, I learned I had to do that. Um, so he would round at six in the morning and if you didn't catch him, you lost him. And so I would wake uh-huh. up like 20 minutes earlier, change out of my PJs and wear my normal clothes and then hop back into the bed with my daughter because I slept in a hospital bed with him. right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it was like to be taken seriously. And I remember a couple of times people were like, are you a physician? And I was like, no, and I don't, I don't, I know that you think you're giving me a compliment by asking me that, but actually what's underneath that is kind of insulting. Like you can only be well-educated <laughs> <laughs> about your child condition yeah.
0: if you're a physician. And I if like, you're yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and this is the thing. And I never, when I was reading up on your, your startup and the reason behind it, I never took from it that you didn't trust doctors. I never got that. Good. We do trust doctors. That's good. I'm glad you Right, right. Yet. You know, I, and I, I could see how some people might jump to that conclusion, but it's like, no, dive deep. Look at the reasons behind it, right? We all want to make sure that our kids are getting the best care and that we're also coming in equipped because you can trust doctors, but still kind of be ahead of whatever's going to happen in that room. And I think that that's what you're, you're setting parents up for success, yeah. which I think a lot of parents don't go in I mean being a first-time parent for example you know nothing I mean I remember when John and I came home with our daughter and we're like well <laughs> like we I just have this up. human that we, you know <laughs> we got to keep her alive and yeah. you feel it's it's very vulnerable and it's scary like you're literally yeah. taking care of a human and you're responsible for making sure not only that they stay healthy but that they're also like a good contributing mm-hmm. member of society right So I think that being able to set parents up for success medically is a huge path forward because, I mean, even just looking at where we've advanced, you know, medically and with technology, it's great, but this is a really great step for parents, especially those ones that also may be afraid to initially ask the pediatrician in, in, in the first place. So this is a really great step. Um, I think he'd, speaking of like parenting advice and, and people being afraid to ask questions. Um, did you ever feel as a mom that before you even started this, this company that you were given just constant bad advice from just people around you? I mean, I, I know that that's kind of an obvious question, but I think it's really interesting. This is the bad part of social media, right? Like Everybody has an opinion on what you should yeah. do or what you yeah. should how you should move forward. So what has your experience been with that? Because I I have stories for days.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, I so I became a mom nine and a half years ago. So Instagram was not as prolific in parenting advice back then. Gotcha. Um, but what I did feel was a huge gap addressing my parenting. Side. So I remember I like I wrote rage I like or ragefully wrote this article that I put on medium and it was like in reaction to a pottery bar in the magazine that fell on my doorstep and it was all kids that didn't look like mine all with names that didn't sound like mine and I was like look you are missing a massive demographic here like yeah the majority right and, like how can you keep how are we still at the place where like everyone's like oh yeah my 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 name's not on that keychain mom like why not don't I care? like it was like come on yeah. um and I, I feel like I now with the parenting advice, like we went through something really hard a couple of years ago with my younger daughter. And that's really changed. It's given me permission to stand in my parenting style, which is mm. a little bit less um like I've New York City is intense. East, like the coasts, I feel like are intense about things. Um and I know personally I grew up with I wanted to achieve. I got good grades, that kind of stuff. And I have now decided that the way that I parent has to be a little bit different, right? So mm-hmm. standing in the power of saying, like, my job as a parent is to have my or have my daughters really understand and discover who they are as people, and not achieve. I feel like is where I feel alone in mm-hmm.
0: yeah, the parenting world. Sense.
1: And I think yeah. it has. It's kind of informed by disability. My daughter has some disabilities, um, and they're getting the time to go they're getting better but when you're in that when I was in that world I really felt like what like we judge people we judge small humans on their performance
0: yeah yeah strange it is strange it is strange and I and I do wonder if you have felt as a mom of a child with special needs I'm trying to 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 find the right word but do you feel that you're treated differently?
1: I just think that there's like five different versions of me more than I get. Mm. I'm I'm very good at code switching. Right. Mm. Like any of us
0: are. Like Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of need just, to in this country, yeah. unfortunately. It's, yeah. yeah. So it's just one trait. more
1: thing. It's one more thing I can code switch on. Um, I which which is hard, right? Right. Like yeah. then you always the people that you're comfortable with. And it's like a new set of people that I feel comfortable with. Um, But I think that what I wish, what I really wish that we would move towards is an embracing that everyone has. Right. And so every child has a need, every human has a need. And I heard this speaker, she was remarkable. She was blind um, and she had other disabilities and she's like, look, even sighted people have needs. Sighted people need light. And I was like, yes, If you could embrace the words of me, I need sleep, I need food.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's such a great and beautiful and inclusive way to think of it, that we just all have needs and some of them, they're just different needs. We don't all have the same needs. I mean, I also think of it in the same way that like, as a black woman in America, like the hair products that I need are different, but we all need yeah. hair products to like get through our day, but it's definitely gonna be different from, ah, I love that. That's great. I'm, you have to send to send me who that, that speaker is yeah, will. such yeah. a wonderful way. Um, so I'm curious the research that you did in order to create the app, was there any, any data that surprised you the most?
1: Um, That is a good question. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that surprised me. Um, but what I think I was, you we were so focused on the type of data and the way that we got it, that that's what's always top of mind for me. So mm-hmm. our data is representative of the US. It was very important to us that anyone, any anyone's child would be reflected in our data in terms of income, geography, and race. So that's something I'm really proud of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I think that's what's what is interesting is that when you look at specific um conditions that the symptoms that a parent observed and when they got a diagnosis, there's always a large gap. And I think that's not mm-hmm. common knowledge right now, um, which is that you know many kids have chronic ongoing conditions, even when they're mild, and most of them will be mild. Um, but the path to diagnosis is long. Across the board is long. Um, so, and then I'm sure a lot of us would think, even if it's a chronic ear infection in our child, we'd be like, oh my God, this has been going on for like a year and a half. Yeah. That's a, that's a long,
0: um,
1: and that's something that, that I think we can, really help.
0: you know, it's interesting that you say the gap between, um, you know, the symptoms and then the diagnosis. I think that's, that that's what you were saying It's Mm -hmm. interesting because I can only imagine how long some like you said that's a long time you know for for a chronic illness I can only imagine how long some things go on for parents before they one even ask Mm -hmm. for help right that's That's the first step and then start doing the research and then trying to like do a process of elimination and then finally taking it to your doctor Um, so I hope that with you having this resource for them that'll help kind of you know Close the gap a little bit, absolutely.
1: Right, and it's a lot of times like when you think about how much pediatricians have to cover. Like, who else manages a changing body from literally the moment of birth to the age of seventeen to the moment that you go to college? We ask, we're asking a lot from pediatricians. We're not; they're not well resourced. They have limited appointments. And when I talk to pediatricians, they say, "I wish parents asked me their questions at the beginning of the appointment, not the end." Right? (laughs) There's like this navigation. There's just navigational right. skills that you have that you don't, you kind of learn a little bit too late. You only learn from experience
0: really. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true.
1: Right. That's like, I didn't know, like, so for example, people who who might suspect that their child has autism, they have to know to ask for the M-chat. How do you know that?
0: Right. You know that? Right. And you don't know what you don't know. and And I think, That's why, that's why parenting obviously is a very, very difficult thing. Cause obviously there's a host of, of uh, diagnoses, diseases, illnesses, whatever the case may be that are just running rampant, right? Like it could be anything. So if you don't know to ask certain questions or what to look for, of course, that, that just puts you in a very tough position as a parent, because you didn't know to ask. You could think, that I know it's funny thinking, looking back at just a lot of interactions that I had with parents when I was a preschool teacher and looking at some of the kids' behavior that they would just kind of, you know, shrug it off. Like, oh, you know, maybe he didn't sleep today. I was like, this is an ongoing thing. And it's okay to think, okay, maybe I need to get my child tested or maybe I need to do this. They might have a learning disability. And some parents were kind of affected When you bring up that suggestion, it's like there should be no shame and just wanting to know how to help your child navigate the world in the best possible way for what they need. And I, 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 as a parent now, looking back, I'm like, that's what it was. It was shame. It was shame and it was guilt. Because you don't want to think anything's wrong with yeah. your child because then it's on you, right? But we don't know. I mean, again, there's so many things that are just in the world. It's not your fault. Parents, it's not your fault. <laughs> you just not want them fault. to hear that it's not their fault, yeah. you know?
1: Like children come in as their own people. Like it's funny, the daycare story to me is very interesting. Um, because I, I just remembered a story from when my older daughter was little and the daycare, <laughs> she was like one of the few kids of color at a preschool like she's still on the website <laughs> and mm-hmm. very funny oh my gosh. <laughs> um and, and she's so nine now she's nine. It's very funny so <laughs> and and I think that there are these dynamics that we kind of felt sometimes right like you always also as families of color there are things that you can't explain to other people about the dynamics you feel in the setting Absolutely. about your kid and you want to you want to be taken seriously even as a parent so I thought I I felt that a lot um but I used to send her kind of the same food every day. And the daycare one day was like, look, you know, maybe you should have some variety. It's like, okay, fine. Agreed, but my kid doesn't eat that much. My daughter does not like food with texture. Like when I look back, I did exactly what she needed. Yeah. She yeah. does not, she, she She will not eat banana even now, you know? And it's funny because sometimes we think about kids like in the scenario of the daycare, what I would love is someone went on sleuth and, and looked at a quiz on like sensory sensitivity. It's not a diagnosis. It's not even well, the um, the percentage of kids that will get a diagnosis, thankfully, is low, right? Right. Like most people, and I say thankfully not because there's anything wrong with the kid, but really because it's really dealing with the medical system. Right. That's really the issue. Um, right. but just to really, what we're trying to do is like help parents actually just kind of understand their kid with analysis and inside data. And it's like, if I had what well, we're building 10 years ago, I'd be like, you know what? I'm pretty sure my daughter has a sensory sensitivity, not a diagnosis. I just understand. Them. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't need to send bananas to take
0: care. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So with the app, you know, take us through what happens. I know you talked about the quiz, but what are some other things when people sign up for the app? Like, what do they do? what What is the interface like? Like, how does it help them? How do they search for things? Just curious how it all works.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So when you onboard, we ask you questions about different topics on your child's health that you would like to get more information about, whether it's sleeping or crying or tantrum. Um, and then you take a that a really fast quiz is and what you get are, are scores for your child to see how they're doing and we're very sensitive to that we're not comparing we're not comparing we're just trying to help you understand your child with data and insight um so you get scores and then you can see how children on sleep that are like your child in age and gender uh and even condition if that's where you are how they score and so you can situate your child and say oh okay um, this is where we are. If I take the quiz again in two weeks, I can see if there are any changes. And if it continues to be something that I want more attention, I'll take it to my pediatrician. But what's also cool is that we, let's say your child has a lot of tantrums at the age of five. What you'll find out on Sleuth is that it's totally normal. That's actually peak tantrum at age five, which <laughs> is counterintuitive. We think it's three or four, it's not as five. Um.
0: Oh great! I I know. I know. Yeah. Like, good to know. Let me just get ready. I was like, I thought we were going to start getting out of it, but thanks.
1: (laughs) They're just more mature at thighs. The tantrums seem like mature tantrums, but they are—they're more—they pee then, Um, and so you can actually see the prediction of that symptom uh, over Mm -hmm. time because we have that much data. So we can say, kids like yours with this—this is how this is how it goes in the future. And so we're that's really amazing. trying to also just, like, give people peace of mind, like, this will pass, you know, like, the crying will pass.
0: Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing, at least for us, me and my husband is like, we're like, oh, my God, when is she going to get past this? Or, but it is, it's just part of, it's just part of the game. It's part of what happens, you know, they go through milestones every year, and they grow, and then eventually they become teenagers that don't talk to you. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. I, I, people I know. say that all the time. I'm like, I think it's going to happen, though, because I definitely remember just being in my room when I was a teenager, for sure, for sure. But um, I listened so, to the I mean, podcast
1: the... with you and your mom, and clearly at all. Uh, was-
0: yes, yes, yes. My mom is a saint, and I fully mean that. She's just incredible. I'm very, very grateful for her, and I think she's definitely influenced my, my parenting style a lot, and my husband's parenting exactly. style, because she lives her and my dad, they live down the street. So,
1: they're Amazing. they're able to
0: to be with Sienna a lot. Um so I mean it sounds like the app is becoming very very successful for you. So what are long-term goals for it? Like where would you like to see it go from here at least?
1: Um I mean I have my ambition is for it to transform kids' health. You know, there are there's a lack of research, there's a lack of funding. Um and I do expect at some point in the future that we are going to be able to really share deep insights about what children's lives are like and where we can help help them feel better, you know, particularly around like, like mental health. Um, and we know that now, finally, in the news, people are talking about kids. We never really talked about kids before COVID. Um, right. I think in the short term, what I think of us as is like an organizing force for kids' health. So I would like people to come on SLU. And when they do need more information from an expert in person, they can find that on us too. So um, that's a big build, but I think that's where we, we really want to be there with the parent to help them get to wherever they need to go.
0: So for anyone listening that is now interested in using this app, is it available anywhere or is there a website as well? Where can they find all the information to download yes. Sleuth? Uh,
1: so it's available both on Apple and Android. Um, so just look for Sleuth Child Health Tracker um And if you go on the website hellosloops.com you can also um use a QR code to download the app. And I will be happy to share a code with, you, uh,
0: with your community as well. So I'll send it to Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Yes, I'll send it to me, and we'll put that in the show notes and post it on the Instagram. So, serene thank you so much. I'm so impressed with all of this, and I just love that you you found a need and you went forward with it. it it's great, and I just wish you all the success with this. So, thank you so much for sharing your story with me and my listeners.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.